this is my viewfinder. There's something about it. I, I mean, you're right. I overcomplicate everything. And I'm not even doing these conversations uh, as a reflection of my own process. Although, obviously, it'll have an influence because I, I definitely don't think about anything the correct way. But, I mean, don't don't you find that... I mean, maybe not don't you. That's that's impl implication. But do you think that there's, there's something in that? Like, uh, does a photograph need to be seen? you know, to have value? Or can it sit as a negative if you're shooting film in a box and still be, you know, be something? Maybe with time, like, I could look at a negative right now and be like, yeah, like, I don't want to print that. But then like 10 years down the road, it's like, oh, what was I thinking? You know, it's... What do you think the act of printing? Like, who is that for? Or, I don't know, man, it's for... <laughs> It's weird, right? Whoever's printing. <laughs> like when I think of, and I, I'm trying to get in touch with my friend, uh, you know, Bob from the coffee shop. Like he's a, you know, published painter and artist, um, as well as had a, a full career uh, as a day job. But we've had talks about this, and I don't know enough about art history. Uh, it's one of the things I want to delve into too. But I've always wondered, even with just the traditional arts, without a benefactor, an audience, or someone paying for it, commissioning it. Or even before sort of commercial times, like, you know, painting, um, depicting a hunt, you know, the classic uh, prehistoric thing of depicting a hunt on a cave wall. This relationship between the creator, so like uh, whatever the inspiration is, the creator and an audience is required for it to exist. So if you buy a camera, you take shutter actuations, even digital, and you don't even upload your SD card or your compact flash car, or the fuck, you know, in the old days, XD and all that shit, Sony's annoying a proprietary card. Uh, and then it just never, you don't even look at it. It just exists digitally as ones and zeros. I, a, I don't think anybody could ever do that. And B, I don't think it has any value, even as a practice. I mean, I, I might be wrong. Like you bring up this idea of the walk. So it makes me think I'm wrong about this, but. Yeah. I don't know, like, um, I think, Maybe the, the photo itself has no value, but the act of it does have value because it's like you saw something that, I don't know, maybe impacted you on an emotional level or a mental level, just like, oh, like, um, this looks like this can line up with this type of thing, right? Um, there's, a va there's value in the act itself, but the act is like different from the result, right? So, but then if you, if you look at it like 10 years into the future, that might have value that result but all i know is that at the time pressing the button had an act like it, the act itself had value for the person doing it yeah I, i'm thinking about how one of the sort of differences between you and i is i don't think i've ever seen you out anywhere without some form of camera on you whereas i will intentionally not bring my camera for and look any time i'm with my son anytime i'm with my wife um because um, so what when you were talking about the act of hitting the shutter has a personal value I was like yeah like that that makes sense but then I also think like is that the distinction between like let's say an experiential memory and then recording it on a devices so like if I climb uh, I used to hike a long time ago so if I hit a mountain peak or a cliff edge I have an amazing experience right like it's you know you know like lifting you know, when you're doing the act of exercise, experiencing is different than photographing it, for sure. 
but experiencing yeah. it is a bit fleeting and up to a lot of bias in remembering what that uh, moment is. Absolutely, yeah. Do you think photography breaks that and is able to capture those moments or do you think photography is a bit illusory because I suspect for example if you're hanging out with your boys without a camera it's a fundamentally different mindset than when you have your camera near you maybe that's a good point um, I don't know like because um, I have done both right of course yeah of course. Uh, yeah I, I don't know like you're right that like when you when we experience something that's fleeting or whatever right like you're having a good time you obviously want to have a record of it right but i don't know like i i think it's to intentionally not bring a camera with you uh i guess it's it depends on the person right like nowadays i would be okay with not bringing a camera and just be like oh like i saw this right and it'll just be in like my head, but I don't know. I feel like a camera, like having a camera with you, is just that extra step that kind of solidifies what you saw. I don't know, man. You got me thinking too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, this is my problem. I think this is this is what's going to make these. Uh, if I can continue these conversations, I'm sure a lot of people will be frustrated with me. But you know, I, I'm picturing. <laughs> is, is so biased and unfair but I'm picturing like for example something very simple like uh, I go to the park and I take a walk and yesterday we were out and uh, on there's a little river stream uh, the Bo- uh, elbow river and there's these geese on it and uh, you know they're trying to they're trying to hit it right it's like mating season and I'm hearing goose calls I've never heard these tones before because <laughs> these these dudes are like you know they're trying to tell these women what's up and classic bird nature thing the female geese don't want anything to do with it so it's like this chase and this like thing um, so it's this experience and I, I remember it um, whether my memory is accurate in a uh, factual or measurable way it's probably not I mean, I'm noticing things that I interpret as part of my own narrative. But if I, I feel like if I had brought my camera with me, that relationship would have been fundamentally different. I, a, I don't know if I would have noticed the geese because I might have been distracted by... Especially, like, for example, with me, you know, I, I don't know why. I, I like geometrical things. And so maybe it would have been spending time on the other side of the bike path where the uh, blocked-off playground is with, you know, with all the caution tape. I, who, who, who the fuck knows? Um, but even if I was on the riverbed and I had uh, whatever camera, whatever lens I have with me and I see these geese uh, chasing each other, you know, do I even remember the mating call or has it become part of this act of uh, photographing it? Am I disappointed later when I either chimp or put it in my computer and I've missed what I remember about the situation? It creates this layer and this process around it, which is why early on, I stop to bring my camera out when I take my kid to the park because then I end up not playing with him. <laughs> you know, no, it's like, um, not in, yeah, and it's not all, like you still play with your kid, but then once they're doing something cool, you're like chasing your shit because you're like, well, well, this is something I got to record. It's part of me being a photographer. And so like when I talk about you always having a camera, I don't mean in a negative sense. It's why I always talk about you to other people as a capital PH photographer because it's, at least in that era that we were hanging out, it's endemic and it's not endemic, it's uh, it's uh, encompassing of who you were in that moment. 
like everything at that time you were fucking showing up downtown on 20 minutes because you just had this compulsion to take photographs on a lunch break i mean that's not a normal approach alan that's like you know most people are way too stressed about you know not getting fired uh, to take those chances and whoever you are now it doesn't you know it's not reflective of who you are now i just i think it's interesting because um it's that that's the kind of world that i'm stuck in is uh both what is uh like you're talking about i think it's great like the act of walking out and then the act of having this camera and then the act of taking pictures and then invariably showing the pictures either to yourself or somebody that's one part and the other thing that i always want to know is what is that process effect on culture because i think it, i don't know I, th- I think it's different than painting i think it's different than writing i think it's different than anything we've done in in human history there's something i think now i think it's poisonous yeah. <laughs> I, i'm hating on it a little bit uh I love doing it and I'm sitting here testing out my camera's shitty ISO so I, I've just got a set at 6400 and I just take random pictures in my bedroom I haven't even looked at them yet but I want to my experiment right now for myself is to get over like you're talking about this technological thing that I can't have noise and it has to be sharp and it has to be in focus I just want to take like you know 10,000 shitty pictures of my bedroom uh, with as much of the you know fucking extreme end of my everybody hates on the micro four thirds sensor and just to see what happens uh, and like you i look back at the stuff that i've been shooting and i'm like uh, i don't know i like even ones that i kind of like i'm like i'm not gonna put this on instagram or anywhere i don't want to make a print and try to sell this shit it's like that tone has changed for me too um but with that for me it's this conversation i want to start about uh, is that a reflection about me is that a reflection about you or is there no, something no. bigger i don't know man i think whatever video photograph should be. I think photography, well, the act of photographing itself should be personal to the photographer first and foremost. Unless you're like doing it for a job. But yeah, like if, you, if you're not like a pro photographer and you're really passionate about taking pictures, I think it should be personal first and foremost, always. That, that has to be number one because in the end the, the photos are not gonna, they're not going to have meaning to anyone else except to the photographer and if if they don't mean anything to you then they're I don't know to me they're, they'd be worthless whether it's a good picture or not um, and that's that's where I'm stuck at right now cause, and that's where I'm like oh street photography kind of sucks <laughs> that's why I, I always refer to my photographs now as like personal documentary because at least it means something to me and I can keep them and not worry about how other people are going to view them right and I can print them at my own discretion and not I don't have the need to share them and they don't they don't even need to be like a certain genre right like they can be like a landscape or portrait or you know like some bullshit like sewer sewage on the ground or whatever right if it's personal, then like, yeah, that's 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 number one. Because the the photographs that I find the most interesting are the personal ones. Like, you look at all the best projects, like The Americans by Robert Frank. Like, he wasn't out to to like he didn't have an agenda. Well, he he did, but like it, he was viewing America through like like how he thought, right? And he got scrutinized for it, right? And then you look at uh, another 
personal projects, Minutes to Midnight, well, all of Trent Park's work, uh, A Christmas Tree, uh, Dream Life, Minutes to Midnight, man, like, those, those are the type of pictures that shine through. Whereas, if you look at every Instagram famous photographer right now, like, it's, it's the same type of fucking work that all the masters have done like years ago like there's nothing new to the table and there's no there's no like personal vision to it right and like that's fine that's fine if like if i don't view it the same way they might right but like what's gonna happen when they're over street photography it's not gonna mean anything it, it doesn't touch with the photographer at an emotional level like the person who took it right so does that have any worth? I don't know. I don't think so. I think you brought up, you know, yeah, this idea of uh, commercialization and how maybe that's where this line starts to become very murky. When you speak about when you speak about personal projects and and making it personal to yourself, I mean, I, I I'm like nodding my head because yeah, that, that's a powerful starting point. And I, yeah, I don't know. I'm. Um, I'm kind of stuck on that just because there's there's this effect that I keep thinking I'm aware of that uh, maybe I'll say I'm being told to look at the world a certain way. Um, and I think that's through photography. So whether it's advertising, marketing, social media, whether it's refined professional, sort of edited, editorialized uh, and controlled sort of, you know, propaganda or uh, the reverse, which is still propaganda, but there's like, you know, windows in, like we, I was being a dick about, like windows into the donut ate this morning and look at how bling I am eating at this restaurant kind of um, messaging, whether it's full of malicious intent or just part of the, you know, part of the system, the, the, the cultural diaspora, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But, and, I, I, you know, I'm definitely too sensitive to that stuff. Uh, I'm always... Uh, hyper aware of what's going around me i mean it, i wonder i don't know the more photographers i'll talk to and we'll see if this <clears throat> might just be something that makes people photographers because just get so sensitive to what's happening around us that like you notice things right that are external well that that's that's what most photographers are at like at the root of all things they're reactionary right because when you see something you react to it you take a picture right or if you if you want to do like a project it's mainly out of like a react like a reaction like you're compelled you're compelled to not because you thought like oh hey maybe maybe i'll think of this just because it might be a good project but you like you attack it because because you're reacting to the situation at hand yeah i don't know i think the and that's how i view like all the best photographs like it wasn't like thought of it was it like um it was, like what's that one gary winograd um so Gary Winogrand uh, took took a photo of like um, some statue in LA, and uh, Robert Frank took the same photo from a different perspective. And the difference that uh, Gary Winogrand talked about it, he said, the picture that I made was made, and the picture he made happened, right? So like, there's like when you look at it, you get like when I first saw saw it in the book, The Americans, I had like a sense like like something happened here like some something something caused robert frank to like take a picture and i don't know what it is but like i feel i feel it too like i'm reacting to that picture and i would do it the same the same way 
like I would react to that same scenario that he saw, maybe in the same fashion, you know, instead of like thinking about lines, lining up. Um, and you know what? Like some photographers think that way, and that's fine. Like they they like to play games like that, and that's that's a totally valid approach. You know, I think what we're uh, the other thing I was thinking of earlier is you know we're talking about people using historical photographers in this scenario. Um, either to develop themselves or to emulate them or to be inspired by them. But a lot of, you know, all, the first generation guys didn't have anything, maybe other than classical art or formal training. I'm not even sure how many of, uh, I'll call them your, your heroes, because uh, I, I just don't study enough, um, come from art backgrounds or discover uh, the technology of photography separately to whatever they're doing in their lives at the time. Um, and so that idea of being in the moment, of happening and defining sort of what we would consider to be powerful, intuitive, and expressionist art uh, through photography. That for me is this ideal period. Because yeah, when I look at stuff, even outside the content, without the write-up of this is the first time they used this type of you know, camera, or the first time somebody had a camera in a war thing, or the first time someone flashed a bulb in a you know pedestrian's face, whatever the story is around it, you know, there, when you see some of those pictures, yeah, you get caught because you, you put it great. It's like you have the sense that something happened, whether I'm ever meant to understand what it was, becomes irrelevant. I think where I start to get stuck is the next generation after the concept of propaganda and politicization and, and context has changed. So, like, you know, like your photograph, let's say the magazine piece, and we have the, um, what was the opening picture? Like the ATM and the person's, I can't even, I, I can't even know what you oh. saw to make that photograph. But if that's suddenly put in an article, not of your writing to express your um, your fascination with Gary Winogrand, but in a, right, like financial post piece about some, you know, right-wing shit, about how, this is how, uh, Democrats want, you know, they want free money and they're carrying away our fucking banks and shit, right? Which is a very easy jump to make, actually, once you just put a, an epitaph or a description on it. I think that's where I'm worried that, um, and again, this is being too sensitive about how other people see things. I think what you're describing is the art of photography, uh, the approach, the personal thing. What I'm scared of is that social media and where we're at now, I and mean, it's why I think everybody distresses photographs. It's hard to look at a photograph anymore for me and see something pure <laughs> and just assume that this is, never mind the word candid, but like you're talking about, that this is something that happened as opposed to something that's been manufactured. And Well, yeah, yeah you, can, you can never really tell, like ever. <laughs> even even in, like previous previous photos, not without context anyway. And it's like, those could have been lies too, right? Actually, like Costas at Resolve has that series. He was telling about this photographer that would recreate uh, moments that he took candidly oh, with yeah. art and then maybe have some irony or whatever in there. But, you know, and this is the weird thing about art, man. Like, I don't know if this is a modern thing. I, again, I, I need to research more about uh, historical forms of art and even like da vinci's you know some people talk about how there's so much implied sarcasm and sort of irony and and uh, subversive intent in, in his imagery which i mean i don't understand because i look at it at a very topical level and so you know maybe this is something that persists through human experience in all art forms but probably uh, i mean yeah. look at look at andy warhol stuff 
Well, well, that's but that's the same generation that I lose faith in photography. This sort of like post-war pop art fucking commercialization of art, where an artist became a celebrity and a cult hero and an idol. Um, this thing post 1900s is where I and this is it happens to be when photography is born, or at least as we uh, practice it now, and that's the space that I'm stuck at. <laughs> So that's a, that's a great comparison. I, this is the exact thing, uh, you know, the Campbell's soup, fucking all that shit, where you you need a description to explain to you why it's an important image. Uh, at least I do. I I, uh, I you know I still love all the surrealist stuff and abstract art, but now I I don't know. I mean, sometimes yeah, they're visually stunning, and sometimes if I don't read the essay or the pamphlet that comes with it, um, I don't understand why it's worshipped. Yeah, well, it's okay to think that it's bullshit. I think yeah. for I think for you, you maybe you get just got to do a reset, man, like a hard reset, just like start from ground. If if I could, I would one hundred percent do it, but I can't because <laughs> it's hard, right? Yeah, the, you know, speaking of projects, it would be interesting. I mean, I don't even know what a reset looks like anymore. You know, we're so influenced not just by our experiences, but now like it's uh, the irony of you know, like, there's just, a record, just, right? just no like get away from like anything related to photography or art do something else for is that possible though it could be i mean like that's like i'm practicing that right now i'm not i'm not really i looked at my photo books for the first time yesterday in months and i just started slowly taking pictures but it's not like street photos they're just family pics right just to get like practice it yeah and then you kind of just gotta not look at other people's work really i you know what i will say turning off social media has been great for that yeah um but it's also spurred this conversation because my brain can't get away from it um visually and let's call it artistically or whatever um you're right it's been great to kind of just disconnect from the outside world but my inside world <laughs> I can't get away from this idea that I need to pick up a camera again and that uh, some image will be manufactured at some point uh, whether candidly or through my uh, my digital processing um, it's become definitive do you enjoy it then? because uh, that's a, that's the important part well, if you don't enjoy it then what's this is the why, problem why too pain it's yourself? Like, I uh you know, going back, maybe this would be a good wrap up. Going back to talking about the blog, uh, uh, the newsletter, and this writer about uh, the act of walking and how it's uh, tied into photography. One of the reasons, for example, I, I liked hanging out with you, other than uh, you being a walking encyclopedia about you know ph- photographic uh, concepts that I just don't understand, uh, but I, I learned a lot just uh, in casual conversation from you, um, was that it gave me a chance to walk, and at particularly at the beginning. I didn't give a fuck when I was taking pictures. <laughs> you know, it was just like, like you were talking about, like these happenings occur, whether I understood why I needed to take a picture, whether they were any good, uh, fell by the wayside. And just kind of being out and in a photographer's way, participating in the world. You know, I'm not out there handing out pamphlets trying to change the world. I, you, know, you become this sort of observer and recorder. Nowadays, I don't know anymore. Sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. You know, sometimes, like I said, I, I'm trying to do this high ISO thing because uh, 
um, on my YouTube algorithm, this uh, you know master photographer was talking about how we're too obsessed with digital sharpness, but we're not. We're losing sight of the composition. And it just made me think like, I'm so scared to push my ISO and my tiny sensor past, let's say 800 for fear that this grain will destroy. And I'm like, why? Like, what, what the fuck's going on with me? Um, and so like you're saying, there's a reset. And so like, I'll walk around the bedroom here cause it's dark and shady and I'll take terrible pictures, but you know, there's some fun in that, but that's the limit right now. I'm like caught cause uh, if I sit down on the computer and look through my back catalog, if I want to, play with something and build an image if I want to uh, do anything I'm uh, I'm caught it's one of the reasons why I'm not doing it very often uh, and definitely one of the reasons why I haven't published anything even the stuff that's on the Instagram I built those images like more than a year ago they just were on these sort of weaker I need attention days I mean that was December but I was like I gotta throw something on here just to yeah. prove that I'm alive and now I just don't yeah. care yeah you know what though like what you're going through that's part of the process man but just trust it (laughs) no like because in the end like nothing's gonna change if you force things yeah yeah that sounds right right so just trust the process really because i'm i'm going through it right now you like see things the way they are like in the end you'll see things the way they are whether you go back or not or like like move forward with your photo block if you go back you'll just repeat the process again maybe you might move forward you just gotta trust it man <laughs> alright let's let's call that a wrap for today I think whenever we can get back together one of the things I want to talk about I think is this compositional idea of what is attractive about an image uh, I know you have very strong opinions about stuff like I don't, that I don't, I don't even know if I can answer that anymore Exactly, which is why I think it'd be a cool conversation because I, I think that the basic tropes are one thing, but you brought up being because I, I find this too. I, I, mean, I, I probably talked too much about George Weber, but like he, I mean, he's awesome. But like uh, I had this feeling because I didn't know who he was until I, I met him, and then I was at the camera store book uh, section and I opened up one of his works. I don't know if it was Badlands or uh, the other thing, but uh, but I had that moment. So. I think it was Badlands that the beginning half is written by somebody else, and I skipped through that because I don't have time to read. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then I opened up just randomly one of the landscape photographs, and I got stuck because intuitively, you know, it's not like I took out a measuring thing <laughs> and looked for ratios of thirds or like measured the dynamic range. I got, I, I don't, I don't know. It was just you get stuck, and yeah, some of his photos, or even yeah. I've since uh, with the Magnum uh, contact sheet book or Robert Frank's America. I mean, I don't own it. Or when you you've lent and, and given me that uh, Japanese photographic magazine, um, was it Aperture? Oh, no, Aperture, yeah, but it had the thing about Japanese photographers, yeah. uh, photographers. Um, that intuitive sense, because you don't. Well, I don't measure it either. But then when I build stuff and edit it, I'm hyper aware of those things. So it'd be interesting to talk about that. Yeah, it would. Yeah. We'll leave okay. it for next talk, though. Yeah. Okay. Have a good weekend, right, man. man. It's good seeing yeah, you. Yeah, you too. All right. Yeah, good seeing you too. All right, man. All right. Bye. Bye. From print ads to digital marketing to willing participation in digital culture paradigms, photographers in particular cannot seem to separate themselves and their work from the work of others. 
For me, it's one of the crucial problems with photography, at least as it exists right now. Whatever its original power and purpose, its proliferation has developed into a numbing force, one where it feels many people get caught up in. In short, the difference between mimicry and innovation, even perhaps the question of whether these are in fact separate or inclusive. To act, to pursue one's own development, to move into that discomfort and pain and not shy away from external cultural pressure. Instead, to flourish there with independent and critical reflection. For me, these are some lasting concepts I got from reading Nietzsche years ago, um, albeit in a drunken stupor. So basically, I'm probably completely off the mark on this. Nevertheless, the world and photography's place in it has become very diffuse and fragmented, and with it, the motivation to find oneself and grow oneself within it. Whether it trends to something particularly evil becomes almost irrelevant. The first task for me is to recognize this and then to search for that discomfort to continue to grow. Finding inspiration in the work of others has value only if that mimicry and study lead to a new evolution and experimentation new challenges to an older accepted worldview. If this process stops at mimicry, it dies there. These are dramatic words, inspired by dramatic philosopher Nomad, who apparently went insane due to a tumor growing behind his eye and resulting dementia. Still, he's got a lot of pretty neat aphorisms, even if they are hard to digest. Thanks to Alvin for connecting me to Brian Formal's blog, Way of the Walk, and uh, for time to discuss my being stuck here in my practice. Now, time to find a new path to walk upon and hopefully discover more.